Thank you for listening to the Reconnect Marriage Podcast. I'm Dr. Steve Call. And I'm Lisa Call. And we are dedicated to having conversations that cultivate connection in our marriage. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Lisa and I are having a conversation with one another. And if we could, we would have it with you as well in the room. And uh, we've titled this uh, Part 2 part two of Your Story Matters. So we're uh, following up from the last podcast, staying connected to uh, Your Story Matters, part one. And we thought it'd be helpful to have a conversation around specifically how do we engage our spouse's story? How do we engage our partner's story uh, in a way that creates an offers a, the sense of connection that we actually long for in our marriage. So part two uh, is with the hope and with the intent to shed some light, maybe some insight into what does that actually look like? Uh, we, we spent time last podcast talking about the nature of story, the origin of story, uh, the, the usefulness of story, that it helps maybe make sense sometimes of wh- why or why, what's happening in our marital dynamic that's connected to our story. And, and again, what we mean briefly by that again is we, our marriage is a reflection of our interpersonal stories in our own family of origin. So Lisa has a story, I have a story, and that uh, intersects in our marriage story. And so part of what we are experiencing in our marriage is a story, yes, it's uh, built upon our marital dynamic, but it's connected to uh, our family of origin stories and what our experiences were like. And many of the stories that we experienced in our youth, in our childhood, in our families, we have forgotten or we have, you know, left behind on purpose. Um, and often they don't feel relevant. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we might be thinking, well, how, you know, how does this relate to us right now? Or why, why is that important? And, and I don't even remember them. And so that's why we're just going to use this time maybe to talk about how do we cultivate those stories? How do we bring them to mind? How do we access them? How do we help the other access it? And how mm-hmm. can we remind each other of the relevance? Yeah. It's often a question that, that couples in our workshops, our Reconnect Marriage workshops that we offer, it's often a question that will will arise fairly quickly uh, when we start talking about story is kind of the playfulness of, but yeah, but how do we do that? You know, what does that actually look like? What, what do you mean engage my partner's story? What, what do you mean engage my spouse's story? Uh, and, and here's what we want to say from the very get go from the very beginning is there, there is a, a context for story. There is a reason for story. When you and I said, I do to either marriage or partnership in whatever way we said, I do and whatever form that looked like for you, for those of you listening, there was a commitment that we made, uh, to know and to be known. And that is the context of, of, of marriage essentially is that we are, we, we, we made a vow, we made an agreement, uh, to be known and to know the other. And, and how do we do that? Well, we, we do that by literally revealing part of ourselves. How, how, and how do we reveal ourselves? We reveal ourselves through story. Uh, I, I teach at a grad school. It's called the Seattle School of Theology and Psychology. And, and we lead and guide uh, students. These are master's degree students learning how to be therapists, learning how to be counselors. And they, 
we facilitate this interaction where they have a group, it's basically a group dynamic where one, one student each week shares a part of their story, not a story that has never been told or in their deepest, darkest secret. It's not that. It's just simply a story that's had impact in their life. And then the, the rest of us listen. And then once that person is done sharing that story, maybe you know, 8, 10, 12 minutes, the, the rest of the group offers feedback around what they heard. And, and that is the context for their learning. It's that we are inviting ourselves, both in that setting, but also in the context of marriage and partnership, is to become listeners, to become able to not just be them in the story, but to be curious about what was that like for you. And curiosity, as we have said, maybe we'll say, I don't know, maybe we'll say 50 times, 100 times throughout our podcast, is essential in the way that we navigate story, in the way that we navigate connection. Without curiosity, there is no connection. There is no emotional intimacy. So curiosity is essential when I or you or we engage our partner spouse's story. Is That is the foundation of actually when somebody says, how do we? Well, let's start with curiosity. And I like that, <clears throat> that you shared about the group because I think it takes the pressure off the one sharing you know, like probably I, I'm guessing in the group dynamic, the one sharing isn't the one making the connections right. or making the um, the observations. Mm -hmm. It's more the people, the other people. And so again, maybe, you know, in our marriage, I might be sharing a story and I don't really know, I'm not making connections about it. I don't really know how this is going to connect. I just know this is a story I remember. And then maybe you or the spouse, whoever's the one not sharing, the one listening, mm. can begin to go, oh, you know, I can see how you might, that might be hard for you, or I can see how you felt yes. disconnected with your mom, or I can see how you might be more susceptible to, you know, hiding your sadness, mm -hmm. because maybe that wasn't mm -hmm. part of what was acceptable when you were growing up, or hiding your anger, or whatever it is. So it's like the burden is maybe placed on the one listening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just I uh, like what you just said, Lisa, because what you're reminding us and inviting us is, I think the, the second essential ingredient to how we engage our spouse's story, our partner's story, is reflection. That often in those group dynamics uh, and in, even in marriage at times, partnership, the, the idea that we think is helpful or what we think is helpful is we ask for more data. We ask more questions. Uh, and this is often true in the group dynamics. Students will immediately ask, ask more questions or ask more data. And, and we're saying, no, the, the hope is to learn and to guide ourselves in the capacity to reflect. Meaning, what did I just hear? And how did that impact me? That is so essential in our, in our marriage is the capacity and ability and intentionality around reflection. What did I just hear, and how did it impact me? Mm -hmm. I think those are are if we if if we remember nothing else in our marriage with regard to story, it would be that yes, curiosity. But what did I hear, and how did it impact me? Mm -hmm. And and the impact doesn't mean that has to be true for our spouse. It, it's simply how that that when we when our spouse is impacted by our story, what happens for us? What, what would you say happens mm -hmm. when I'm impacted by your story? And then you know I'll put a few words to how I'm impacted when you share a story. I, I mean, it could be very um, tender, mm -hmm. you know, it can be very connecting, it can be eye-opening sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think I think we often tend to minimize our own stories, you know, we don't Maybe realize. that's part of the resistance. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, like, 
how does this relate? Oh, I was fine. I don't need Mm. to share that story. You know, maybe it's been a family joke, you know, and we minimize it. And when we say it out loud and when the other hears it, and if they react in a tender way, it might be really impactful. It might feel like, wow, oh, I guess I should pay more attention to that. I guess, I guess I could, maybe it gives you the safety to feel it. Maybe I didn't want to feel it because I didn't want it to be true. Maybe I didn't, it's too vulnerable to feel it. And, but if, um, if I'm sharing it and you're responding to it, I think I'm reminded that I'm not in this alone. Yeah. That, and I, I so appreciate that because I, I think that's the reminder of what happens for us when we share a story, when we are intentional with story with our spouse, with our partner. It is exactly that, what you just named, is that we are reminded that we are not alone in the pain, in the grief, in the sadness, in the sorrow, in the trauma, in the difficulty, in the frustration, in the disappointment, whatever that might be. And yes, in the in the joy or happiness. It doesn't mean that all story that we reveal is of a nature that is difficult, but for the most part, I think the stories that we don't reveal, don't share, are those stories. Mm-hmm. It's that we we maybe hide them, we minimize them. That was back when I was twelve. What's the big deal now? That that's a common way we cope with sorrow, with grief, even as we we say that was in the past. And yet, so much of sadness, sorrow, grief, suffering from the past is very present with us today. Mm-hmm. All of it, right? All of it. Yeah, it doesn't go away. It, it, it might go into hiding, it might lie dormant, uh, but the context of story actually allows healing to occur in that story. So even though it occurred yesterday or 50 years ago, it, it still can have the same impact that we realize we are not alone in the experience. For example, uh, the other morning uh, I, I woke up remembering something in my story and I was, I would say, a bit quiet, a bit frustrated, maybe a bit distant. And I think, Lisa, you asked, hey, you, you know, what's up? Or you seem a little bothered about something. And, and, and that is a very helpful way to engage story, although we're not quite aware that we're actually thinking or remembering something. And so and uh, I for think me. In that moment, too, I think we didn't have time. And you said, let's, can we talk this yeah, afternoon? Right. That's right. Yeah. I said, maybe we could check in a little bit later. Because you can't always do it in the moment. No, you don't always have time. And there's lots of demands and logistics and all of that. Yeah, uh, of course. But there was something I would say that was stirred. And you recognize that. You asked about that. I wasn't quite sure what it was. But what what I did remember was this story. And it was a story of when I was uh, 12 years old. I was in sixth grade. And this was, what, 45 years ago. Uh, But I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, Our family was living in Virginia. And uh, one day, out of the blue, my, my father said to my brother, and to me, he said, uh, we're going to go for a drive. And that was really odd. Uh, we, di- we just didn't do that. And we wound up going for a drive. We stopped at a, some, I just remember water. I think it was some beach. Uh, and we went to sit on a park bench, uh, which again was awkward. It wasn't something that we had ever really done. And I remember this bench. It was green. There was peeling paint. My brother sat down, I sat down, and my, and my dad sat down. And he said something like, uh, your mom and I are separating. And you and your brother are going to go with me, this is my father speaking, with me to Kansas for the next year. And I heard nothing else after that. And it was what we could say, it rocked my world. Uh, I had no idea that this was coming. Uh, some might call that, and I think we could call that, that's a form of trauma. Trauma mm-hmm. is this unexpected 
hurt, pain experience uh, that causes and creates a sense of distress. and Disorienting. It was very disorienting. And I don't remember much uh, beyond that day, uh, but I just remember this profound sense of, of disorientation, confusion. And, and later on that night, when you, Lisa, when you asked about that, that's what I shared. I just, I, I remember just feeling, I think, just really alone in it. Uh, I have to figure this out. What just happened? Uh, panic. And, and I would maybe say there was, and maybe still is at times, this profound sense of loneliness in it mm-hmm. is, is all of a sudden I have, I, I'm, I'm without my mother. I'm without the family unit. And I think many of us have stories like that. We have stories of feeling and being disoriented, confused. Those are the kinds of stories of of pain, heartache, sorrow. And and Lisa, had a, you had a really beautiful response. Uh, you you were really kind in your response. And I think you said what I remember you saying. You said something like, "You know, that must have been really lonely for you," and 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 very very difficult to process. And and that's about all that we need in moments like that. Mm-hmm. It's that there was no judgment, which is our greatest fear in revealing story is judgment, mm-hmm. minimizing. What are you talking about? That's no big deal. Or why, why are you still upset about that? That's, mm. That is our greatest, most significant fear in revealing story. Mm. But when we are met with kindness, when we're met with curiosity, when we're met with empathy, which are all ingredients to how do we engage our spouse's story, well, the, those were at play. Yeah, and I, think, and I don't even think I had a lot of words. I think no. it was body language. Sure. Like I think you even commented later that you saw a softening mm-hmm. in my eyes or a softening in just the way I I think I moved over toward you. You know, it was just, so it's not really about the words necessarily. It's about the impact um, mm-hmm. when the of the listener, like just to, mm-hmm. oh, I'm really hearing you. I'm listening mm-hmm. and I'm feeling tender. You might get a tear in your eye or something. Mm-hmm. And that, that's taken, could we say, that's taken us a few decades to be that intentional about how we hear story. It's not, it's not always uh, natural for us. Right. I think for all couples, it, it sometimes, again, I, lo- I love the word intentional because that's so important in how we engage story. Mm-hmm. But when there's curiosity and when there's reflection without questions, without the need to ask for more data, mm-hmm. I think that's what helps us. Be, feel, have a sense of feeling and being known, which mm-hmm. is what we crave, which is what we said I do too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think prior to that, maybe in the days leading up to that, we we had been maybe talking about um, you maybe feeling that you didn't have access with your mother, maybe mm-hmm. with your father. We were just kind of talking about that idea of right. access. And right. when you shared that, you know, of course, now you have no control over zero access with Mm -hmm. your mom right now. And even with your dad, really, because he was in the military, he was going to go to work every day. Right. You know, you remember a lot of lonely times coming home. Mm -hmm. And, and I think you've shared that periodically, you know, in our family, when you come home to a dark house, kind of that, what it means for you, but this really put perspective, you know, for me to understand and for you to understand yourself as well. I think Mm -hmm. it kind of grounds us when somebody's listening because Again, I think we can tell these stories in our head and we might minimize them or we might wonder, well, what does that have to do with anything? You know, this story just floats in and floats out. But to really have somebody reflecting it, um, responding to it, and really makes it meaningful, I think, for both of us. Mm -hmm. And how about for you this morning? There was a 
a part of your story that was shared or revealed. Mm-hmm. We were having a cup of coffee and yeah, were... I I was feeling sad and you know, I think I finally am starting to connect to the fact that our senior daughter is going to be leaving mm-hmm. and so there's been just some sadness over the last couple of days. It kind of Some of us might be sad and some of us Well, I mean, in some moments we're like <laughs> woohoo. <laughs> and then some moments it's it's just the sadness of and my own story gets triggered with just feelings of abandon, abandonment mm-hmm. or feeling left. Um, and but it wasn't. It was more about the sadness, um, being able to share the sadness and have, putting a voice to that. I think mm-hmm. sadness again was maybe minimized in my family. We we didn't focus on it. If somebody was sad, somebody made a joke or somebody said, "Well, let, let's look on the bright side. Let's what? How can we look at it in a more positive way?" Or or you know, other people have it worse or there's all different sort of tactics to draw us away from the sadness. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have a lot of um, practice in sharing sadness or maybe feeling importance of it, you know, it was very minimized. And so I was sharing that story and I was sharing some sad feelings this morning and, and, um, which tr- we might just say for a moment, traditionally, that unfortunately has not gone well for us at times. I mean, historically, there have been times where I have just not engaged or not responded or, you know, oh, look, it's sunny outside, like a, like a way to distract, like sadness. Well, and especially if it's something related to you. Right. Right. So or I about think us. About us. Yeah. Because that's a whole nother story yes, where you is. might hear it as well, you've done something wrong <laughs> yes. or you're, you're not enough. And right. so... You know, mm-hmm. and and that that does often get triggered, mm-hmm. and so I think sometimes the stories they intersect. They intersect because um, you know here I am trying to be vulnerable because this trying I to reveal sadness, trying to reveal sadness, yeah. and then um, your story might be, oh, you're not enough. Mm-hmm. You you know you you had I've got to, to be, fix it. I've got to right. take care of it. I've got to manage it. Right. Sure, so which, your response might not be what I what right. I needed, and I think that's what we fear. Yes. Oftentimes, is either our sp- our spouse is gonna not get it, or like, why are you why are or, you sharing that right mm-hmm. now? You know what? Or and, minimize it, right? Or and so you're it. and you're feeling so vulnerable when you share yeah. it that you've you're so much more. Um, it's just it's so easy to to be hurt in that moment because you're so vulnerable. Yeah, and so it it is risky. It is risky, and I I thought it was really risky of you this morning, and. And, and maybe part of the risk is, which is true, I think, for most of us in our relationships, is the risk, again, is that the other will somehow dismiss it, ignore it, minimize it, mock it, or ask more questions or data or try to talk us out of what we feel. Mm-hmm. And and it has taken us time. And I think this is true for most couples, is, is what we crave in that very moment really is presence. That is that is how we engage our spouse's story again. Mm-hmm. So yes, there's curiosity. Yes, there's reflection. And there's also presence. Mm-hmm. The capacity to stay present without the need to fix it, without the need to somehow talk the other out of it. Right. And and that is, I think, the gift that we bring one another in marriage, in partnership, and even in, I would say, in most, if not all, relationships, mm-hmm. is that how do we engage our spouse's story, our partner's story, our friend's story, our neighbor's story, our child's story, our parent's story, our, our any story, it's that curiosity followed by reflection, followed by presence, is 
is how are we, again, asking ourselves that question, what do I hear and how am I impacted? Mm -hmm. And as we offer that to one another, I think that's what, again, that there's a potential for healing. And the healing is, I'm not alone in this. Mm-hmm. I know when you hear it being talked about like this, I think some people might feel like that's it. Like <laughs> what, what, yeah. how can that be? Mm-hmm. And yet when you, and, and I was like that as well. And, and I think when you actually go through it and you actually do it and you feel it, you go, oh, this is what it is. But I think sometimes it seems so insignificant in a way, you know, like I'm not going to fix it. What, right. what good is it going to do? But there's something about being able to feel your feelings in a safe place mm-hmm. um, that is healing, right? And at the end of the day, I think all we all, all we want is to be known. You know, all we want is to be known for who we are and to and for the other to be there with us and to love us and in, in who we are. You know, and so again, like you mentioned, these these things. Are ways where we make each other known, which mm-hmm. is another word for intimacy, right? Yes. To, to be made known. Yeah, that's how we actually define the word intimacy, to, to make known. Mm-hmm. So we make known ourselves. When we make ourselves known through story, it, it does cultivate and create that that sense of intimacy. Mm-hmm. The one more thought would be, uh, as we approach the ending, would be that as our spouse partner shares story, there is, a there is from for many of us, a softening. I think that occurs in our own interaction with them and and i would say this happens in therapy this is actually the goal and hope of story is as we work therapeutically it's that as a as a spouse reveals part of their story part of their narrative that the that the other begins to soften there's there's a maybe a a tenderness that begins to occur like oh that's that's why you might respond that way it creates awareness, it creates understanding, but mm-hmm. there is a softening, I think, that occurs. There's a tenderness that occurs, which which is the hope, again, of, of when and if we choose to reveal story, when we're invited into it, we're aware that our spouse softens in their response to us. Mm-hmm. And that that is, again, that's part of attunement. That's part of uh, a sense of feeling and being known, uh, as you just named. As we come to the end of this podcast, uh, we just want to say thank you uh, to those of you listening and and to those of you that uh, have been able to just take a few minutes and and offer a review for us. We're grateful for that. We just wanted to read one uh, that came in this week. And uh, this person says, Stephen Lisa, share honest and relevant content toward connection and partnership with so much humility, whether married, partnered, or considering marriage, there is much to be considered. This podcast gently invites one to be curious about the person they love and themselves toward a healthy and lasting connection. And we want just want to take a moment and say thank you. Yeah, Those thank, are, thanks thank for you. writing that review. It's very kind really appreciate and that. appreciate that. And for the for others of you, we would love to invite you to take a few minutes uh, to specifically offer a review for us. We're grateful. The Reconnect Marriage Podcast is hosted by the Reconnect Institute. For more information, you can find us on the web at thereconnectinstitute.com. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at Reconnect Marriage. <laughs>